State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help with funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Afrotech is a global gathering where inclusive tech companies meet innovators. It's the only tech event you need all year. 
Get ready for Afrotech 2023 in Austin, Texas, November 1st through the 5th. We built a whole template you can use to help you get your employer to sponsor your trip and enjoy experiences built for every stage of your career. Whether you're a college student looking for your next internship or if you're working in venture capital looking for your next business to invest in, and if you're looking for a co-founder or people to join your team, there's no better place to be. The massive corporate layoffs of 2022 and 2023 have affected our community in a big way. And Afrotech wants to help you get back on your feet with skill development, making it easier to switch industries if that's your route. And at Afrotech, you'll make connections to help you get your next opportunity. Visit Afrotech.com conference to learn more. Um, this next conversation is a fireside, the importance of investing in innovative fintech financial technology. Through investments in fintech, financial institutions and startups alike can harness technology to democratize access to financial services, reduce disparities, and promote wealth accumulation. Owen Douglas, who has been on this stage before, and Wimimo Abbey will discuss the role of fintech in creating new avenues for wealth building and financial inclusion, highlighting how innovation can be a driving force behind sustainable financial growth. So, uh, Wimimo Abbey is co-founder of Isusu, as well as a three-time social entrepreneur named to the Forbes 30 under 30 list. It's not an easy list to get on, so he's the truth. Olin Douglas, CEO of Hanover Street Advisors, um, is prior to starting uh, the, the consulting business, he was the founding and managing partner of Motley Fool Ventures. Founded in 2018, he led the growth of the venture capital firm from zero, zero dollars, to 250 million in five years. Please welcome to the stage our moderator, Olin Douglas, and panelists with Mimo Abay. I missed that. But, uh, <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, thank you for Afrotech investing. I mean, uh, Afrotech executive for inviting us. And Bumimo, uh, welcome, welcome. How are you? How's everyone doing? Oh, come on, man. This is church, man. We got all black people <laughs> up in here. How's everyone doing? Much better, much better. Very good, very good. Well, let's dive in. Uh, just uh, in the spirit of full disclosure, I, I've known this gentleman for about uh, five or six years now, so we are uh, more likely than not going to go off script. We go way back, and, man. We're going to go off script a little bit, I'm sure. But uh, let's start off for the audience. Uh, can you tell us a little about what does Isuzu do and what was the motivation for starting it? Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, Isuzu really stems from my personal experience and my co-founder, um, Samir. For me particularly, I, I grew up in the slums of Lagos, Nigeria. I lost my dad at the age of two, and I was raised by my mom and two very spirited sisters. And one thing my mother fundamentally believed in was just the importance of education. Uh, my mom used to work at the National Post Office in Nigeria for 21 years, and I fought, spent over 60% of our salary to afford my education back home in Nigeria. So that education is what led me to the United States. I immigrated from 80 degree weather in Lagos. Any Nigerians in the room? We're always everywhere. There we go. You know, I always say Nigerians are like the Chinese of Africa. We're everywhere. Yeah. Um, so I immigrated from 80 degree weather in Lagos to negative 22 degrees in Minnesota. It was real, man. I'm like, ah, oh, people living in a freezer. I don't get it. Uh, 
But during that transition, something happened. Uh, my mom and I did not have a credit score. We walked into one of the biggest financial institutions to borrow money, and we turned away and had to go borrow money from a predatory lender at over 400% interest rate. In addition to that, my mother sold my dad's wedding ring. We borrowed money from church members, and that's how we got started in America. So really inspired by that experience, having had a stint in Wall Street um, and big consulting firms across the country, um, my co-founder and I started Isuzu on three core premises. No matter where you come from, the color of your skin, and particularly your financial identity shouldn't determine where you end up in the wealthiest nation the world has ever seen. Um, and what we do at Isuzu is simple. Did you know that renters send roughly $1.4 trillion to their landlords every year? And less than 10% of that data is factored into their credit score. And who are the people that rent? It's predominantly people of color. So we created a technology to capture rental data transform it and report it into the consumer rating agency. So when you pay your rent, it shows up on your credit score. And one day when you want to go get a home or a auto loan, you can do that with a good credit score rather than being excluded. And then when people can't afford to pay rent, we give them zero interest loans so they are not evicted because as a society, we shouldn't be solving eviction backwards. So today, Isusu is in Roughly 5 million rental units, all 50 states. We see over $100 billion in rental volume. And because of this man and a lot of the things he has done since day zero, Isuzu is valued at a billion dollars, and we've raised over $145 million. Yes. It's a, uh, a, a powerful story. Every time I hear it, it's amazing. So like you and I both come from uh, humble beginnings. You were from... Uh, uh, Lagos, Nigeria, from the inner city, Baltimore, Maryland. Um, when you think about financial inclusion, like, um, you know, we, I know what that, you know, the generally means, but how do you internalize that and how do you keep that spirit of financial inclusion going through the business? Absolutely. At Isuzu, we did something that was unapologetic. We came out and said, we're going to start a startup with a vision, which is to leverage data to bridge the racial wealth gap. And when people hear that, they're like, is this a nonprofit? Like, no, we're a venture-backed company. But one of the things that's important to me is this matter of proximity. When you think about it, the average white family has 10 times as much wealth than the average black family in the United States. Number two, there are over 45 million people that do not have a credit score in this country, the average debt in America is $91,000. If you do that math, 45 million times 91,000, you can unlock over $6 trillion in capital. That in and of itself is not only good for the US economy, right? It's good for even businesses that could let folks participate more in the American financial system. And that's been our thesis, Olin. When we started, and you believed in us since day zero, it's always been about that thesis of, we need to make sure, not with rhetoric, you know, Martin Luther King had a dream, but I have a plan. And the plan is very, very simple. How can we unlock quality financial products for our people? The 
the cheapest thing in America, the easiest thing to get, what this nation is built on is cheap debt. Go back to the institution of slavery, go back to what happened during um, you know, the New Deal, think about FHA loans for families to essentially get a leg up, and that's what we're trying to do. And I'm proud to say, through our work, establishing and building credit scores for people, and we measure what they've gone on to do eventually, we've unlocked over $13 billion in capital for folks that didn't have it. And that's something we're really proud of. Very good. Thank you. So we're, so we're in a room of um, executives here, and this Afrotech executive. Part of that wealth creation certainly is creating wealth for the founders and other uh, folks in the room. Tell us a little bit about, well, Tell us the parts about the fundraising journey that you want that you want to talk about. Give us a little bit of a. Can we insight. keep it real? I'm, are we on record? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, okay, we're not gonna do it. We're not gonna throw the kitchen sink here. Um, okay, we'll, we'll keep it PG. Um, raising money was hard. Um, when we started Isuzu. 326 investors said no to us. And one of the toughest period of this journey was my co-founder and I just closed our first contract. You know, at my alma mater in Minnesota, they're like, yo, we're just gonna give him a chance, this idea. And we had put all our money into Isuzu because we couldn't raise money. And we were $100,000 in credit card debt. We had a great idea. The idea was, how about, and we couldn't afford an hotel room. We had to stay overnight. Um, we're like, how about we go to a Denny's, get the Grand Slam, walk all night, because we just, you know, and then take the, the next flight early in the morning to go raise money in San Francisco. Great idea. So we, we decided to do that, but unfortunately, because we're not perpetual motion machines, we started falling asleep in that Denny's. Uh, and unfortunately, the, <laughs> the, the restaurant manager came and said, guys, you know, I got to kick you guys out because I'm going to get fired. <laughs> he knew what we were trying to do. Um, and that was one of the darkest periods of this journey because I had worked at big financial institutions. I had run deals in, with multi-billion dollars um, from inception through execution. But why was folks not just going to bet on us? Um, we got a break eventually. We got a break because of people like Olin. I met Olin um, you know, at a conference for leadership development. And we had this idea. And Olin was like, wait, you got to really focus on certain things. And you have to think about this idea. And if you do ABC things, I will invest in the company. And you know, we're like, great. We took his word for it, um, held him accountable, he held us accountable, and when the time was right, um, Olin came in, invested in us when it was on sexy to invest in a company like ours, early on, led our Series A round of financing at, at $10 million, and we raised $10.6 million, gave us a very good valuation when people were trying to like undercut us put founders first. You know, there's a lot of folks when you raise money, there's a lot of interesting thing that happens, fought for us unapologetically. And then six months later, um, you know, 
we became a billion dollar company and raised 145 million dollars and we're just really really grateful um, and it's more exciting because it's someone like him that invested in us and believed in us and when we started off it's not only Olin, it's people like Sean Mendia, Concrete Rose, 75% of our cap tables, so the folks that invested in the company are either women or people of color. And when we met them, they probably had combined $120 million under management. And today, the companies they've been able to invest in, now they've been able to raise over a billion dollars. And that's the true impact of what we're trying to do. And it takes investments because of people like you that make it happen. So thank you so much. Thank you. That's very nice. So um, in the spirit of this conference, I'm going to tell the other side of that story. Right? <laughs> Olin is also a board member. So. <laughs> Afrotech is a global gathering where inclusive tech companies meet innovators. It's the only tech event you need all year. Get ready for Afrotech 2023 in Austin, Texas, November 1st through the 5th. We built a whole template you can use to help you get your employer to sponsor your trip and enjoy experiences built for every stage of your career. Whether you're a college student looking for your next internship or if you're working in venture capital looking for your next business to invest in. And if you're looking for a co-founder or people to join your team, there's no better place to be. The massive corporate layoffs of 2022 and 2023 have affected our community in a big way. And Afrotech wants to help you get back on your feet with skill development, making it easier to switch industries if that's your route. And at Afrotech, you'll make connections to help you get your next opportunity. Visit afrotech.com conference to learn more. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. 
Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything. A moment that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these very moments. The last couple of years has been the hardest season of our marriage for sure. I'm surprised our marriage survived it. I think we both are. I think we both were barely holding on. Mm. Nothing compares to how hard this is. Their stories are full of candor, awe, and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. True behavior change is really identity change. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Listen to A Slight Change of Plans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, so we met at the conference. Uh, he was in the accelerator program. The person uh, came and said, hey, I had this entrepreneur. Um, I really would love for you to be an executive mentor for him. Would you do it? Uh, I, I don't know, sure. Right. So I meet this guy, and like everyone, loved him right away. He told me his idea. I was like, dude, man, that's janky. I'm not doing that, right? So, 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 uh, and he was like, what? And I was like, so we talked, but he was, he was actually ahead of me. And he was like, yeah, I know. We have another idea. And it was, it's like this, and, and he pitched it again. So of, the, of those 326 investors that said no, I was two of those, right? <laughs> he came the second time with the idea. I was like, I still love it. I said, no, you're not, you're not ready for the stage where I am, but what I am gonna to commit to do is help you, right? And so I can't give you my money yet because it's not my money, it's somebody else's money and it's fiduciary responsibilities, but I can show you the path to get there. And I think that's something that a lot of VCs don't do today. And so to his credit, as you might imagine, laid out the, the roadmap, say do these things and I'm there. They were ridiculous, impossible. He did him, <laughs> and then I didn't ghost him. Right? I was like, oh, the guy did it, you know? And so I think I'm in, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a saying, if you hang around the barbershop, sooner or later you're going to get a haircut. <laughs> yes. And then, um, and then the part he doesn't tell is, so we, I did lead the A round. We, we have a really great relationship. But when it came time to do the big round, um, there were a lot of people that wanted to get it, and a lot of people that wanted, wanted in. He actually took a haircut on his valuation so that people like me and some others could have an opportunity to continue to invest in his fund. Right? That's the part that doesn't come out. That's part of the uh, yeah. yeah. And he, he and his co-founder didn't hesitate. You know, negotiations, you get there, they get tight. And he was like, look, if it means a little bit less for me, I'm going to do that. So uh, we appreciate you for that. I told him. I'm with him until the end. No matter what that end is, we'll just, we just, you know, we just gonna roll in for life. <laughs> uh, good. So I know I got the hand, hand signal. So we're gonna kind of wrap this up and leave a little bit of time for Q and A. But so I, I will leave it to you. If you reflect on this conversation, um, 
don't even change it up. Maybe it's this other one. Like, it's hard work what you're doing. I mean, it's really, really tough. And as you think about what you can share with founders, like, what's the anchor that keeps you steady? Like, what, what keeps you going when everything inside of you is saying, like, this is just too much? This journey is very lonely. I think everyone sees, you know, you raise 145, you're valued at a billion. I think the billion dollars is a mortgage, and doing well is the premium that proves the billion dollars. What keeps me up at night is really the fight. When it's, this country was built on the back of black people and a bunch of folks that have been marginalized. And I'm sick and tired of all the talk. I just want to roll up my sleeves and do the walk. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's just it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think given the things that uh, people have gone through, were indestructible, were unbreakable, and, you know, I just want to see a world whereby my children can grow up in this country or anywhere in the world and just say, I am enough. And, and you know, like, what this reminds me of, something really messed up, not messed up, this kind of comical happened. When we raised that round, I called my mom. She sacrificed everything. You know, when I told her I was leaving corporate America, I used to pay my mother's rent, by the way. She's like, oh my God, I thought we made it. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go co-found this thing called Isusu, and she's like, oh man, this is rough. So I'm like, hey mom, you know, we just raised 145 million, and you know, the company's valued at a billion. And you know what my mother said? Mom's like, ah, oh, I'm so proud of you, but how's the wedding planning going? <laughs> It's like she just doesn't get it. But what that matters is it's proximity, right? My mother cannot necessarily comprehend what that means, the economics of what that means, and how it could fundamentally change our lives. And there are many of us that have been marginalized by the system. And what I want to do and wake up that gets me out of bed, this journey is hard. You know, I went to bed at 3.30 a.m. this morning. It's not sexy. There's a bunch of issues you have to deal with on this journey. Knowing what I know now, would I do it again? You know, maybe yes, but I won't recommend it for everyone. That's just the truth. There's a lot of things that you carry. If I do well at a susu, there's a good chance my marriage is suffering. Um, so there's a lot of things you have to juggle, and I'm not here to give people bullshit. I'm just here to tell people the truth. Um, so for me, it's just a walk, man, that just, I wake up to every time, and I know I want to walk tirelessly to bridge the racial wealth gap, and one day when my lease expires in this construct called life, and I am transitioning, I want to know, no regrets, I did everything to narrow that gap, and that's what gets me up every day. Excellent. I think uh, that's a great comment uh, to stop on. I don't know if we have uh, time for a couple of uh, Q&A questions. Time for two, maybe three questions, depending on how fast they are. So let's, let's chop these up. No six-part okay. questions. <laughs> Hi, my name is Ian Green. I'm, I'm with the Midley. 
And uh, my question for you is, I, I've um, noticed an uptick in certain social media areas encouraging specifically young black men and women to forego school because of the debt and inequalities that it can accumulate. <clears throat> and that influence also is saying that it's better to work with your hands rather than trying to go to school. Um, and I'm curious because personally for me, I'm kind of torn on that. I understand that it's very difficult to go to school and accumulate that debt and it's not very easy to get that access. But on the other side, you know, we worked with our hands already. And so I'm kind of torn and I'm curious with your experience, what would you say to that influence, especially to very young and impressionable minds of that age who spend a lot of time on social media hearing these things and uh, what that would mean for the future? And just to make sure I got your question, you're saying what's the importance of education? School now is peddling towards the influence towards young black men and women are saying school isn't worth it. It's better to work with your hands in this oh. day and age. Oh. Mm -hmm. Look, for me, I can speak for myself, and um, education changed my life. You know, when I was growing up in the slums and I was going to school with the minister's kids or like the former president's kid, and when I was the best econ students literally in the entire university, it gave me a sense of worth that I'm like, wow, you know, I might be living in a place whereby we don't have functioning toilets or we don't have constant electricity, but there's something I could do very well. And then when I came to the United States, right, like when I found out that you guys pay people to essentially teach other people at the academic assistance center, I'm like, man, people pay me to be smart. That's like game changing. And the network I got when I went to graduate school just down the street at NYU opened up my mind, and that's where I even met my co-founder like over 10 years ago, right? So I think what education does, in my opinion, it expands your intellectual frame of reference, right? You see things from different walks of life, but that's not the only way, right? You can, folks have other alternatives, but for me, it fundamentally transformed my life and the experiences you gain in those institutions um, are life-changing. Yeah, the one thing I would add to that is what you said and the way you almost answered it. Let's separate school from education. Everybody needs to educate their minds. They need to open themselves up to possibility. They need to learn and they need to grow. And anybody who's not doing that is gonna be replaced by a machine before they know it. Do you have to go to college? Do you have to go to Ivy League? Do you have to go somewhere else to get though that educational mindset? I don't think that's necessary. And more and more you see that way, particularly in technical fields where they just want to see that you can do the work. And so for those folks out there, separate school versus not school, trade school versus technical school, you know, or academic versus education. You like you we cannot let go of the idea that we need to educate ourselves. Yeah, how we do that. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects and old to podcasts. Connect the alarm. 
Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything. A moment that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these very moments. The last couple of years has been the hardest season of our marriage for sure. I'm surprised our marriage survived it. I think we both are. I think we both were barely holding on. Mm. Nothing compares to how hard this is. Their stories are full of candor, awe, and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. True behavior change is really identity change. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Listen to A Slight Change of Plans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Mesak. I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, first, I want to really thank you both for a very inspiring fireside chat. And to you, Wemimo, um, I want to really thank you for being very authentic. Your story come across very uniquely, and it's very inspiring to people in our community. You two, you both have had a very interesting exchange about entrepreneurs' preparedness, especially when approaching a VC. So to you, Olen, I would really appreciate if you can share with us, because myself, I'm a founder working on an AI startup and also looking towards taking the um, journey of fundraising and things like that. I would like to learn from you as a VC what you look for in aspiring founders before getting that interest in funding them. 
what kind of trades do you look in them to see in order for you to have that interest to fund them? And secondly, what are the key value props you look in their ideas um, to validate them, whether you fund them or not? That's a big question. <laughs> uh, I'm going I'm to shorten that. What, what I would say is, first and foremost, and had this, if I do my job correctly, the first thing I do when I meet entrepreneurs is try to talk them out of venture capital. It is, it is not for everyone. Um, you gotta be clear about the world that you're getting into, the game that you're getting in, and no matter how much you think you know what you're getting into, it's, <laughs> it's worse. <laughs> so um, the thing to remember about venture capital is that you're talking about 1% of 1% of the businesses just to get venture capital. And then there's 1% of those that are actually kind of uh, successful. So it's a really, really hard. We're talking about the tippy, tippy top of all businesses in the US. 33 million of them uh, small businesses. I think there's only a, you know, been 10, $20,000 venture back, 20,000 20, venture back. But generally speaking, you go through that hurdle. Um, and this is something that like as a, as a culture, we, we are learning this. We are, we're, we're relatively new to venture really impressing that the idea has to be big. Um, you have to have something um, about you that can make someone believe that you can execute on this big idea. Um, and you have to bring um, some skills that are important, whether it's the ability to, to have people follow you, or you have some technical skills, or you need something that makes you be that one in a million that we think an execute an idea. And I think part of the challenge is, and this is you know, working with, with Mimo, it's the same thing, where there's some basic things that uh, we need to find people to just teach us. They're easy, totally learnable, but what happens in today's environment is if someone doesn't know something that's very basic, they extrapolate that to mean they don't know anything. And it's just not true. Um, really fast. Short story, not going to my whole life. Took a computer science class in college. End of story, I failed that class. But <laughs> it was a long time ago. I'm super old school, I don't want to go into that. But it was back at a time I had never seen a computer before. Uh, staring at the computer, didn't know how to turn it on. Teacher was really upset with me. Thought I was lazy, thought I you know, didn't know what I was doing, thought I wasn't pay paying attention. That was back in the day when the on-off button for the computer was in the back and to the left. Like, I never said, okay, people, who puts the on-off button back there? How you turn this, this shit on with the, with the you know? And, but, like, that, that, that little, I mean, like, once someone tells you once, you know it forever. But instead of telling me, um, they shamed me for not knowing something that, like, when you talk about it now, like, of course you didn't know it was. Why don't, you know? And that's the kind of thing that happens in venture all the time where there are basic things that people just need to tell, tell others, like what you're saying, like what are the things we're looking for, so that people can understand, you all are bright, you all are smart, you can get it, but you're not magicians, like you can't read minds. And I think a lot of what we need in venture capital to move forward is just help people laying out the roadmap. I didn't make it easy for Wimimo. You know, the fact of it is, I ran my fund. As a black person running the fund, and at that time, 150 million, that was the largest first time fund for a black person. There was a lot of pressure on me. Like I can't go around 
for the sake of all of us. I can't go around doing favors, but I gotta get, I gotta hit some, you know, I gotta hit, man. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm like, you know, like the dad with the son on the team. I'm like ripping into this dude, man, because like we gotta win together. It's, it's not just about us. Um, and so, but I did lay out the roadmap, and that's all that he needed, right? And I think for a lot of entrepreneurs and founders, and like I said, we just need to help lay out that roadmap for people. Stop playing the games. Stop saying do this and then move the goalposts. Um, and then we can kind of make that progress. The only thing I would say is just because I'm very practical, uh, we created a how to raise money and the things you need when you talk to people like Olin. So we have a guide that we created to just demystify the process because what pisses me off the most is like, when you try to raise money from people and they're like, oh, you know, like, what's the addressable market? I'm like, what, what, what does that mean? Right. Now I know what it means, but so if you need specific information, you can find me on LinkedIn, reach out on my email, we'll send it to you. We created it to just cut out the bullshit out of the process. Y'all make some noise for them. Make some noise. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Y'all can do better than that. Afrotech is a global gathering where inclusive tech companies meet innovators. It's the only tech event you need all year. Get ready for Afrotech 2023 in Austin, Texas, November 1st through the 5th. We built a whole template you can use to help you get your employer to sponsor your trip and enjoy experiences built for every stage of your career. Whether you're a college student looking for your next internship or if you're working in venture capital looking for your next business to invest in. And if you're looking for a co-founder or people to join your team, there's no better place to be. The massive corporate layoffs of 2022 and 2023 have affected our community in a big way. And Afrotech wants to help you get back on your feet with skill development, making it easier to switch industries if that's your route. And at Afrotech, you'll make connections to help you get your next opportunity. Visit afrotech.com conference to learn more. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.